When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Arsenal Agenda series. Joining you every weekday morning at 10am. I'm joined by Bailey. How you doing, mate? You good? You well? Yeah, I'm good to see you, mate. How are you? Not bad. Not bad as mornings go. It's been a pretty good morning. Those that are in the UK will probably know what I'm referring to, but we won't go any further than that. But it's been a pretty good morning indeed. Um, I'm looking forward to getting into the transfer stories today because obviously for a while we've kind of known the the main transfer targets. We know who Arsenal are looking at. Uh, And yet yesterday, you know, a couple of new targets have cropped up and specifically in the wide area, we've got a player that we need to talk about in Edon Zagrova. Now, you were shaking your head yesterday when I brought up Marco Asensio. Zagrover is a player, of course, who's played far fewer minutes at the senior level, um, far few minutes in one of you know Europe's elite five leagues, only moved to, to Lille from Basel in January, but is much more of a winger than Asensio is, uh, but is quite the drop down from a target like Rafinha. Yeah, I'd be concerned if it is a Rafinha alternative, because I think that doesn't really make sense. Um I haven't seen enough of, of Eden, so I can't say if he's a, a a fantastic player or is he not because he only played 481 minutes for Lille since moving in January. So he hasn't been in a Europe's top five leagues for too long. But Rafinha had the Premier League experience. He was a Brazilian international, was going to cost upwards of 50 million. So suddenly dropping off and signing a player who's only played 481 minutes of top five European league football is shouldn't be considered an alternative. If he signs, I'd still want us to sign a player who has who can provide Arsenal with an extra goal score? So I wouldn't class him as a Rafinha alternative, but I hope Edu doesn't doesn't have that uh, doesn't doesn't have the same view doesn't does have the same view as well. Sorry, so he is not a Rafinha alternative at all. But again, I'm excited to see what he does. I've, clearly, Arsenal have been watching him since his time at Basel. They must see the potential in, in him. So hopefully, he can come in and make an impact again. I don't know how he would differ from. Mikhail Saka, Gabriel Martinelli, Emil Smith-Rowe, Marquinhos, who signed now. I don't know how he would differ from that. But clearly, Edu and Arteta have seen something in him that will that will hopefully show that he's a he's a worth a worthwhile signing. Mm, absolutely. Uh, I think that we've got a player, obviously, in Bukai Saka and Martinelli and Smith-Rowe that are of a certain standard. If Zagrova is deemed good enough to fit that group, you know, I will defer to the expertise of the club who have, have pushed ahead with some very good transfer business in the last couple of uh, summer windows and, of course, into this one as well. Uh, I, I just hope that they know what they're doing um, because I have a feeling that the the general feel in the fan base will not be wildly overwhelmed by uh, the signing of Zagrova. I should say that, you know, we obviously Arsenal get linked to a lot of players throughout summer transfer windows. This summer has been slightly different in that we haven't been linked to loads of players and it's been very specific targets the club have gone for. And of course, we've reported on London that Arsenal's strategy has been trying to diminish the amount of news that does leak and to restrict the amount of information that gets out. They've managed to do that with a number of players. You know, we think back to Matt Ryan initially, Callum Chambers' exit to Aston Villa and then more recently Fabio Vieira. 
Vieira's deal. All of those things managed to stay pretty hidden until the final days before they were announced, uh, especially in the cases of Ryan and Chambers, that effectively no one knew until they were even officially announced, which was obviously great to see. So we know that things are happening behind the scenes. This is a Grover situation to me strikes me as a, as a genuine link, as a genuine interest. It doesn't, you know, I don't feel like this is just paper talk or rumour. I do feel there is some substance to this move. Um, we'll have to see how this plays out. But do you think there's part of you that thinks that with the needs in central midfield and defensive kind of the areas of Lissandra Martinez, these are players in Tielemans and Martinez that are going to cost a serious amount of money. Do you think that Zagrova probably presents as a cheaper option that allows Arsenal to perhaps channel more financial backing into those other two priority areas? Potentially, potentially. But again, I remember we were linked to him uh, earlier during the season, last season. So maybe he's always been a transfer in the pipeline regardless of Rafinha coming through the door. Maybe we've always been planning it. But we shouldn't subsidise uh, a top player because we're signing another player in another position. I think we need to strengthen... We need to sign the best players for the position we want to strengthen. I think going for an alternative in Eden is not good enough to come if you compare him to Rafinha. So it wouldn't make sense to suddenly say, OK, no, we're not going to sign Rafinha. We're going to sign uh, Eden instead because the drop-off is too heavy. But again, we are. It seems we have pushed through for, for Tielemans, as reports did come out uh, last night, that Arsenal are about to table a £30 million bid for the Belgian. So maybe it makes sense. Maybe we're going to have to spend extra on Martinez more than we thought and more than we thought on Tielemans. And now we can't really afford to shift him heavily in, in, in the wide, wide areas. But I hope that isn't the case because I think we come into the window knowing, knowing I know me and UTC personally, we needed a mm. wing forward and a forward alongside Jesus. So hopefully that is still the case for Arsenal. An extra goal source is needed. I think Jesus and Nketiah is not enough to, to be relied upon. I don't know how much that will improve our goal our goal tally from last season may be an, an increase in around 10 goals, 12 goals. I think we need an extra goal source to, to really hammer home our top four finish. I think Saka had a good goal scoring season last year. Emil Smith-Rowe had a good goal scoring season last year. I don't know if they can repeat that. It's not guaranteed. So we do need another goal source. And I don't think Eden's ready yet. He's only played, <clears throat> sorry, he's only played 500 minutes of a uh, top five European League football. So I don't mm. think he's ready yet to come in and, and automatically start winning <clears throat> goals. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, it's a risk. Uh, it might not be necessarily the most expensive of deals. He only signed for €7 million, Euros, of course, to Lille. So it's not expected to be, I don't think, a, a big transfer if it is to happen. But it's one that we'll obviously keep you guys up to date with and we'll be discussing in greater detail. And of course, you'll be able to find more breakdown of Idon Zagrova over on London throughout the rest of the week and probably throughout the summer if these links indeed do persist. Um, now, the other deals, as we know, uh, Yuri Tielemans and Sandro Martinez. We'll focus on Martinez first. No real genuine update in regards to movement on this. Arsenal and Man United, of course, remain locked in talks to try and agree a fee with Ajax before they can then approach discussing personal terms with the player. Um, but my question to you, Bailey, with this now dragging on, we're a week into July at this stage. The Premier League starts in, in a month's time now. Is there an argument that Arsenal should set a deadline on this deal if they can't agree a figure with Ajax or Ajax aren't willing to lower the price at a certain date, they need to move on and look to another potential alternative? I don't think they should set a deadline, but I do think they should put it off on the table. It's there, look, you either accept it or you don't. And in the meantime, we'll look for alternatives and potential other defenders that could come in to... To, to replace Martinez and do that mm. instead rather than... Because Martinez is clearly our number one target, so you don't want to lose out on your top target. So I don't think we should set a deadline just yet. If that was maybe in around August time, I'd, I'd look at doing that. But again, it's clear it's either Arsenal or Manchester United. But it does worry me that 
uh, a deal is taking this long. Maybe he's waiting for Manchester United to sort out their problems with Frankie Dion, with Cristiano Ronaldo, of course, and then maybe he's waiting to come through the door there. That does worry me. Um, but maybe there's stuff going on behind the scenes also that we just don't know yet. There's been no updates yet. Maybe Arsenal are really pushing hard behind the scenes and trying to get a door of the line. But I think we shall see. I believe Fabrizio Romano did say that by the end of this week, there should be more clarity on the situation. So I really do hope that is the case. Yeah, it's going to be a big week, I think. Um, it is, of course, now Thursday. We're, we're well into the week and we're hoping to hear some more information about this. But he is now back with Ajax. He's in Amsterdam. He's training with the team. But it's it's kind of cordial at the moment. He wants to move. Uh, he wants to make sure that he can get that exit to the Premier League. I don't think the preference of Man United is as strong as what a lot of people have suggested that it is. I think it's still very much an open race between the two. And I think Arsenal's proposal and projects certainly are attractive to Martinez. Uh, I still have a feeling, oddly, that Chelsea may enter the race at some point with their situation. It's just a hot take. Um, I just can just see one of those things kind of cropping up at some stage as they confirm, you know, Sterling is pretty close and Ronaldo uh, as well continues to be linked quite heavily with a move to Chelsea as well. So we'll see how those two deals progress and what Chelsea said Arsenal might face next season. Tillemans is the other. There were rumours yesterday about potentially Arsenal uh, reigniting that strong interest from the start of the season after it called throughout June uh, and potentially trying to agree a figure with Leicester. 30 million is the figure that's being banded about right now um do you think that's a fair price and a good deal for arsenal yeah yeah 30 million is a good price i think when we saw 25 million we got excited we got maybe over ambitious and thought okay look now 25 million <laughs> anything more than that is absolutely not worth it no i think if 35 million was quite for telemans lot like at start at the towards the end of last season before we even saw the 25 million price tag we would have still still bought a bit your hand off to, to get a deal done so i think 30 million is still Tillemans, I'd still go ahead with a deal. I don't think five million on top of that doesn't make any difference. So let's get the deal over the line, let's get it done. I think Tillemans has always been uh, a target for Arsenal. I don't know why we waited so long, anyways. I think we should have <laughs> just come through the door in the first place. But yeah. again, I suppose transfers are not as smooth sailing as everyone believes. So hopefully, now there's been some type of clarity, there's been talks between the agent and, and the player and the club and Arsenal. So let's hope a uh, deal can get done. Well, my understanding is with, with conversations with Belgian journalist Sasha Tavalieri yesterday is that actually Tillemans wasn't the priority and yeah. isn't the priority in yeah. central midfield. And in fact, there is a player that is still not yet known to the media at this point or to the wider audience who that priority was. This isn't a surprise. You heard Fabrizio Romano talk about the mystery winger recently. Arsenal, as we know, are trying to keep things behind the scenes. And the reason why perhaps it called, not only because of difficulties surrounding the Tillemans deal itself, was that Arsenal had other priorities for the central midfield position. I'm not saying that Sergei Milinkovic-Savic, who of course we've seen linked in the last week or so quite strongly through the Italian media, not so much the English side of things. Um, it, we don't know the identity of, of this player, but supposedly Tillemans was not the priority. Um, so if we are moving for him now, it perhaps uh, tells us that that priority midfielder is not going to be happening, whoever it seemed to be. Um, let's move on to what is possible outgoings. Hector Bellerin, of course, is a player that we expect to move on. I am starting to question, though, whether he will. The reason why is that Villarreal, of course, put in a an offer that was matching his salary at Arsenal, had no issues on that level, would have been willing to negotiate with Arsenal a fair price for the player. Bellerin has reportedly turned that down uh, and still is very set on the idea of moving to Betis, who, as we know, are in significant financial difficulty and unable to kind of offer Arsenal any kind of transfer fee of which they would require to sell him. 
I have a feeling, Bailey, that we may end up seeing Bellerin stay for the last year of his contract, run that down, and then leave for Betis on a free in 2023. Is that a fair theory at this stage? Yeah, yeah, it's a fair theory. And I wouldn't be against it. As I said, we need better backups at right back. I do not trust Cedric. I think everyone in Arsenal way and UTC know that I'm not a biggest fan. I'm not the biggest fan of Cedric. So that could be a possibility. Uh, I know we usually have the discussion whether if we know players are leaving, should they stay at the club because they lose mental concentration, they don't want to be there. But Bellerin has always, always shown his love for Arsenal. I think he was given a captaincy on the opening day of pre-season, showing Arteta's faith in him. So I wouldn't be against that. But again, I do think he will get his move to, to Real Betis in this window. I reckon it will happen towards the end, maybe late in August, and a deal will be agreed. Clearly, Bellerin is confident if he's willing to reject offers from other clubs and he just wants Real Betis. So I reckon a deal will get done this window. But again, mm-hmm. I'm not against him also staying for another season. No, I'm not against the idea at all because I think he's better than Cedric. Um, And I think he showed that last season um, playing for for Betis. And Arsenal have no interest in signing a right-back this summer. It's not going to happen. So if Bellerin does end up staying, I I don't really have a problem with that at all. Tommy Asu, I think we all know, is our starting right-back. And having a player like Bellerin and Cedric, when you know you've got a, a year playing uh, in four competitions is not that bad. I also think maybe it then opens scope up to send Brook Norton Cuffey on a on a good loan deal to a championship side perhaps next season and continue his development. You know, whilst I'm excited about Brook Norton Cuffey, I'm not, you know, I'm not obsessed with this idea that we have to get him into the first team immediately. I think a loan would be a really beneficial thing for him next season after what was a really good six-month loan spur of Lincoln and then a, a solid under-19s Euros win with England. So, yeah, there's a lot more, I think, to come from from him. Bellerin's wages are the issue with keeping him. They, he's on around £110,000 per week, supposedly. So, you know, that's £5 million ish that you're spending on a player um, across a whole year. But better than Cedric, in yeah. my opinion. <laughs> so, you know, I think that that is, is still an option for Arsenal this season. Um, let's go to the questions and the chat box as well. If you indeed do have any questions you'd like to throw in, uh, please make sure you do. Damien says, what's going on with Balogun? He is, of course, away with the team in Germany right now. What do you predict will happen with him? I predict Balogun will probably leave on deadline day. I can see him leaving on On deadline day. You're on a loan, on a loan move, I must stress. I think it'll be a deadline day. I think a club in the Premier League will will look for a striker and I think Balogun will be one of those players available. I think... He's a type of deal that gets done on deadline day. I think teams wait. They try to bring in other targets and there's not other targets, striking targets they can sign on a permanent transfer. Then they'll look for a loan move and I think mm. that's perfect for Balogun. Again, I think now we have to loan him to a Premier League club. I don't think he should go back to the Championship. I don't think he should go abroad either. I think the Premier League would be an ideal move. I know Fulham and Marco Silva were interested in in bringing him into the club. So that could be a potential move there. But again, I would not be completely against keeping Balogun simply for the Europa League and the and the Carabao Cup. I don't think it'd be the worst thing in the world. But of course, we do have Eddie Nketiah and Gabriel Jesus. But we don't know. Gabriel Jesus could be utilised as a winger. Nketiah's a striker. And Balogun could be next in line for the, stri- for the striker role. So you never know there. But I do think Balogun, towards the end of the window, he will go on loan. So he might even get be on the bench for a couple of Premier League games before he is actually shipped away. Mm. Afsar says, uh, what's going on with Nelson, Maitland-Niles and Pepe? I mean, Nelson's an interesting one. Of the three, I think Nelson's the most likely yeah. to stay. Uh, I think that Maitland-Niles will probably go. Um, and I think that Pepe will probably go. It's just about finding someone who's willing to pay Pepe's 
price and wages. My expectation and prediction would be, though, that Pepe will probably leave on loan with Arsenal paying a portion of those wages, maybe with an option or an obligation involved in the deal at the end of it. But it's just very, very difficult to see Pepe, you know, getting anything from that deal for Arsenal uh, with the amount of money he's on and how he's underperformed, unfortunately, since coming to Arsenal. And in fairness, not being given loads of opportunities to change that. But when he's had those opportunities, he's not necessarily taken them either. Um, Big Fats of Lucky says, uh, with Ronaldo leaving, uh, De Jong not wanting to join and centre-backs and left-backs, the position United... Uh, most need to feel. Why would Lissandra prefer to move to them over Arsenal? Eric Ten Hag is not enough of a reason. What do you make of that? Well, of course, um, he. I believe reports have said uh, United prefer Lissandra at centre back, whereas Arsenal prefer him as a left back. So already there is there is space in the centre back position. Maguire, of course, we don't know how he will be next season. Lissandra, Marti- Lissandra Martinez and Ferran could be there could be their pivot in defence, so we don't know how that could be. And I know Maguire has been linked with other clubs, and I believe Man United reportedly mm. offered uh, Maguire for De Jong plus a bit of cash. So maybe Maguire is not in Eric Ten Hag's plan, so he does have a spot at Manchester United there. And also, if he comes to Arsenal, would he want to join Arsenal with Kieran Tierney? We have Gabriel Magales. We have, he won't start at Arsenal either at the moment, so it's the same mm. argument, the same argument, to be honest. I know we want to, we're trying to push the narrative where we have a chance to sign Martinez, but if we're being honest, we, us and Manchester United, we're in the same position to sign Martinez. The only different factor is, is that they have Eric Ten Hag. That's the only factor. We both played Champions, uh, European League football. We're both pushing to get in the Champions League next season. The, we have the better project, I must say that, but they have the major factor, which is Eric Ten Hag. And we shall see how that goes. Yeah, we will have to wait and see how it goes. Um, I look forward to seeing what we end up doing, of course, but it's there remains plenty of time left in the window. and We don't know um, what, how it's going to end. Things can change. Yeah. And obviously, Arsenal are doing a lot of things behind the scenes that we don't necessarily know about. Um Raul says, are you happy with the signings of Tillemans, Martinez and Zagrova? I suppose if we add Jesus, Marquinhos... Turner and Fabio Vieira. I mean, if that turns out to be the window, Bailey, add those three to what we've done already, what would you rate that window out of 10? And chat box, feel free to throw that uh, in as well. That's a tough one. That is re- a really tough question because I'd probably say, I'll say, I'll give it a seven or eight. Actually, I'll give it a seven. I'll give it a seven. seven. Simply seven. Or eight. Seven, seven point five. I'll give it Don't let me affect five. your answer. <laughs> seven point five out of ten because I want to say eight, but I was so determined at the start of the season for us to sign a top, uh, another goal source alongside Gabriel Jesus. Mm. So for me, that's a big, big miss. If that was not the case, I'd honestly give it a nine to a ten because I've been so impressed with our with our recruitment so far and how quick we've got uh, transfers done. But not having another goal source will damage us in the season. I'm sure of it. And I don't think Eden's the guy to come in and, and solve that issue. So that is a major sticking point. Um, that's why I can't bring it to an 8 to a 10. So I'll give it a 7.5 if that is the window. UTC. Mm, yeah, uh, yeah I, I think I'd give it an 8. Um, I agree with you. I wanted to see you know the other uh, a forward that could score goals uh, and add something to the team. Uh, I also was hoping for two centre mids. You know, I wanted us to go for two midfielders. I wanted maybe like an experienced figure like a Gundogan or a Gini Vijnaldum, someone of that kind of ilk to come in. Uh, don't get me wrong, I really rate Tielemans. I like the guy a lot. Um, I'm just not necessarily sure if it really progresses things for us. You know, Partey, Xhaka, Odegaard, does Tielemans coming in elevate that midfield to another level i'm not sure he may he may do uh but i I don't sit here and think i can guarantee you that he does 
So, yeah, it's, it's a difficult one. Uh, I just saw a big fat of Lucky says 7.68, very specific <laughs> uh, rating out of 10. But uh, no, I'll, I'll accept that. Uh, Viraj says it's a nine if we can manage outgoings and loans effectively as well. And I think that's a fair point. You know, yeah. windows are made up of both incomings and outgoings. If we were just looking at incomings, I think an eight for me is, is, is probably fair. Um, so, yeah. Very interesting indeed. Uh, I look forward to seeing what obviously happens. Bailey, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate that as always. Thank you, TC, as always, and everyone in the comments section as well. We're very close now to hitting 20,000 subs uh, on the Arsenal way. So if you haven't subscribed, we produce daily content, keep you up to date with all the Arsenal stuff that's going on, little social clips as well. And a lot of you have been enjoying those as we've seen on the channel. Tomorrow will, of course, be the first pre-season game officially. And we'll obviously have a match reaction show to that, I'm sure, after the game has completed. We'll also be able to do a match day vlog, uh, a blog, sorry, if you're following that over on football.london and you aren't able to watch the game, you'll be able to keep up to date with the scoreline over on FL, so please make sure that you are. Uh, we'll have another show for you later on today. I'll be joining uh, Kaya Kainak uh, to, for a press box show. We'll learn more about Arsenal's transfer situation on a number of topics. Uh, and then, hopefully, there'll be a very special interview coming out for you on the channel at some point in the next couple of days as well. Look forward to that. I'll see you again very, very soon. Uh, goodbye from me, goodbye from Bailey, and as always, keep following us down the Arsenal way. <laughs>